You're listening to the Market Expert Show. I'm Daryl Baskin of EXP Realty on your home for success, 105.7. The Greenwood District is the buzz. I mean, it's even a buzz around the nation. I've got, I posted something on Facebook and one of my real estate friends from Montgomery, Alabama said, oh, is that the Greenwood Rising Museum? I've been hearing so much about it. And that, of course, that area has, I've I've toured there and such rich history when it comes to civil rights. And uh, here we've got a Greenwood master plan that is transforming an area of town in the Tulsa area that is just so beautiful. The the lessons and the history is so amazing. Ashley Harris Phillipson with the Tulsa Development Authority, also co-chair of the Kirkpatrick Heights uh, something or other, uh, the Neighborhood Redevelopment, and the Greenwood Master Plan Leadership Committee. Tell us, Ashley, what's happening with the Greenwood Master Plan? Yes, so it's called Kirkpatrick Heights and Greenwood area because there are three different parcels of land that are not connected. So that's why we had to get it all in there. The Kirkpatrick Heights area is north of 244, right? All that vacant land that you see north of like the Canes Ballroom area near Emerson Montessori, that's about 45.19 acres. And then there's also the space on Greenwood, which of course, you know, has a rich history, a tense history um, and this anxiety around, you know, how do we ensure that this development really centers, you know, black black history in the area. And that is 6.35 acres near the Evans Fen Tube site and then near the Langston University north toward, going toward a Pine is like 18.59 acres. So not large pieces of land, but significant nonetheless and an opportunity for the city and residents to really kind of do right uh, in this in this space that has you know long been a reminder of what was lost. Ashley, can I? The elephant in the room is, and I'm going to throw out some um, perhaps explosive sounding statements to to just begin conversation because I I think we we don't have the honest conversation. Like we walk in, we say little polite things, and we don't really discuss what may be talked about in private two three person conversations. So um, one is this um, uh, this idea of rebuilding is one thing and yet there seems to be a lot of resistance to it such as the uh, replacement of the word uh, riot to massacre and yes. white guilt for for people who are are caucasian but they didn't have anything to do with this you know maybe it was long back in history but they didn't personally take place in the riot or the mask or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so yes. there's this resistance. It's like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to pay for this. How do we bring that discussion or they don't want to feel guilty for it. And, and then you have the other side, you have the minority side, the black community who is saying, you know, this has just harmed generations of my family. It was traumatic. Um, we were already recovering from slavery as a country and we were building something that was great for ourselves, and we did that, then you destroyed it, and then you used financial leverage from the federal government to cut up our neighborhoods and keep it even uh, more difficult for us to recover. And here we are today. How do we restart uh, that conversation without an yeah. adversarial mindset? Yeah. 
a couple of things come to mind as I tell people that I work with, you know, guilt does not um, help anyone. Like uh, there's like, there's these stages of identity development and you might feel guilt, you might feel anguish, but you, you know, you have to move past that because that's not productive. An excellent example, someone said on Twitter, you know, just like we see data that talks about, you know, the implications of redlining and like the environmental impact it's had on black communities, for example, you know, you see results of people dying 10 years earlier in North Tulsa compared to South Tulsa. And you can trace those back to environmental um, design. But then there's also this idea of the benefits. So no, did you yourself, you know, take a torch and, you know, light Greenwood aflame? No, but you have to ask, you know, how am I personally benefiting from decisions of my forebears? We talked about the GI Bill and those who got access to GI Bills and those who didn't, which directly created a path to wealth. So we do have to acknowledge where we benefit from um, systems of inequality or, or, you know, or radically, you know, um, yeah, systems of inequality and acknowledge that. If someone's saying you give over your house, it's not pie. But if this truly is the land of the free, home of the brave, and a place of equality, how do you then make the American dream accessible to all? How do you how do you mitigate for the imbalance and have a commitment to sharing that and getting past the fear of loss? I think we have this scarcity mentality when it comes to talking about equity, and people fear loss. If I create more space for an immigrant, or if I create more space for you know, a black person in Tulsa or a Latino person in Tulsa, then what am I losing? Um, and we have to speak to loss. Adaptive leadership talks about people don't fear change, they fear loss. So if I am making a more equitable process for development, am I losing money if I'm a developer? If I'm a realtor, does that mean I am losing, you know, commissions because, you know, there's more people in the playing field? We have to talk about those real fears and speak to them and show that there are pathways for equity that are different and not necessarily detrimental, if that makes sense. A absolutely. And I, again, I think it's just a valuable part of the discussion because I think in, in terms of a real realtor and real estate development, if I'm working for someone who's a developer and they're taking enormous risk to build something hoping it's going to sell, then they have to evaluate all of these things from a financial standpoint that then drives things down a certain path and yeah. that may not be inclusionary and you can't fault that person for not wanting to risk their personal money so yep. this is where that the involvement from the TDA and from other entities that can help make it uh, more beneficial to to um, have an outcome that is and I hate to word that use the word equal and all these other things because the opportunity is there not that the end result is is the same for everyone but the the opportunity is there yes. for everyone and yes. i think that's a really big thing I, ashley i know you've got to go we've we've got to take a hard break and i could talk to you for hours we're going to have to reschedule um, keeping up with what's what's going on here tda's address tda's web address TulsaDevelopmentAuthority.org. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Daryl. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Market Experts Show with EXP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.